Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. On today's show, we look back at a big time bounce back win in Memphis for your Charlotte Hornets. And the Hornets are back at it again tonight against the Detroit Pistons. We will hear from Locked On Pistons host Dan Feldman on what to expect from Detroit. We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On, Locked On, Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets. It's Hornets Talk for the Hardcore Fan on this Tuesday. I'm Doug Branson. Today's episode is brought to you by SeatGeek, the easiest way to buy tickets online. Download the SeatGeek app and use our promo code LOHORNETS to get $20 off your first purchase. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. And I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, via the telephone, David Walker. It is a great thing, Doug. Doug, did I tell you Last week, I said, don't worry, Doug. This game against the Grizzlies is a complete anomaly, and it won't happen again. I don't believe you said that at all, sir. I don't think I said that. Not, I don't think I said that. No, I don't but, think anyone uh, was saying that. I think the concerns were there. I think the concerns were sure, valid sure. after, uh, I mean, because that was a, a dominating uh, victory by the Memphis Grizzlies, by a good Memphis Grizzlies team. They were on a roll and yep. uh, certainly the only thing that we pointed to in that loss, uh, some of the bright spots were that the Hornets did make a comeback in the second half. They did play better defense, and they did not have Cody Zeller. So we're going to have a full recap of that game. I'm sure Cody Zeller's name is going to come up. Got to tell you first, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Go to iTunes and search Locked On, and you're going to find podcasts on the NBA, the Locked On NBA show is amazing. And you're going to find podcasts on the NFL, so go find your team. Golf, fantasy sports, it's the fastest growing podcast network in the world. Day, week daily podcast for every team. It's, it's awesome, so go check it out. Also, we're on the hunt, David, for good local businesses that would like to get their product or service out to our ever-growing audience of 18 to 49-year-old, mostly males, we know you ladies are out there as well, and we appreciate every one of your listens. But if you own a bar, maybe a restaurant, a business geared towards people who love sports, that's a lot of people. Or maybe you know someone who would be interested in that. Let us know at buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com. It's really going to help us keep doing what we're doing, which is delivering the best local Hornets coverage in all of Charlotte. So if you want to get your message out to our audience let us know. Buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com is that email. want to start today's show with a shout-out to one of our iTunes reviewers, Nick, writing a five-star review for us. First of all, thanks, Nick, for, for this review. We love it. We love all the reviews there on iTunes, not only because it makes us feel better, but also because it helps our show move up the rankings and, and more people can see it. 
So this one from Nick here, first of all, the title of this, David, is Effing Great. So it's already, I, he bleeped himself, or maybe <laughs> iTunes did it, I don't know. Um, but uh, Nick's saying, this podcast is straight cash, homie. Great details on the Hornets with stats for proof. Dave and Doug are pretty hilarious. And in, in parentheses, he writes, if you aren't sure, just ask them. <laughs> Which is why I read this to begin with. I love that. Uh, and they don't mind disagreeing with each other. Well, that's that's definitely true. I feel invested in the Hornets, even when it isn't a game day after listening to this. Highly recommend if you are a fan of basketball, Hornets, or clever segment names. Thank Whoa. you. Whoa. Thank that's you. why you read that. That's why. That's how you get read on the air, folks. That, thank you, Nick. I appreciate that. Uh, question for us here from Nick: What's the best nickname you have for head coach Steve Clifford? David, do you have a nickname for Cliff? Uh, that's it. That's all I call him. It's <laughs> Cliff. You, you stole it. It's not very creative, and I don't know how much of a nickname it is. But uh, that's that's what I usually. That's my go-to. I don't really haven't come up. I mean. Do you have a good one? Do you have yeah, a good one? well, listen, Nick obviously expects a certain level of of stupid humor, of dumb humor. Uh-huh. All right, so I, I tried to bring it strong here. My Clifford nickname is The Pain from Maine. Oh, my God. Um, okay, the Pain well, from Maine. Steve don't Co- you have to, to have, I mean, don't, doesn't this need to be something that's been said out loud before? Or no, just, I just said it. Just I just oh, did okay. it. This, listen, we uh, are, David, you have to understand, we are trendsetters now. <laughs> trailblazers. We are trail, no, we're hornets, but we're, we're mm. trendsetters. And uh, so the pain from Maine, because Steve Clifford, first of all, he's from Maine, if you didn't know, and he gives opponents fits with disciplined, methodical, fundamental basketball, and I'm sure to other coaches, he's a real pain in the ass. It's a pain in, he's the pain from Maine. I mean, Cliff is just not a nickname guy. I mean, not to say he doesn't have a nickname, but maybe his buddies or his brothers from way back in Cliff, Maine. But the Cliff's Cliffy. 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 He's just, he's just so he's just so even keel, right? Uh, <laughs> it just seems like Cliff, or or maybe how about this? How about the Honorable Steven? Coach Clifford? <laughs> Stephen. Stephen. Stefan. Stefan Clifford. All right, let's go down. Let's get let's get away from this. Uh, we're we're enjoying thank our you, see Nick. this. Thank you, Nick. Thanks by the, the way, kind love words. that. Maybe, it, maybe maybe we'll keep working on that throughout the season. The, the nicknames yeah. for Clifford. Yes. All right, let's go down to Beale Street, Memphis, Tennessee, where the Hornets got some sweet, sweet road revenge. It was a week ago yesterday that Mike Connolly, Marcus Gasol, and the Grit and Grinders dismantled the Hornets in front of their home crowd last night. It was a couple of former Huskies teaming up to take down the Grizzlies. Kimball Walker and Jeremy Lamb lighting it up inside and out, each dropping 21 points. Lamb added nine rebounds following his 18-17 and 17 rebound performance against New York on Saturday. Kimball Walker had five threes in this one as well, including a couple of lights out. Kids, go upstairs and brush your teeth. This game is over. Three-pointers in the fourth quarter. The Grizzlies were without Zach Randolph and Chandler Parsons before the game. Mike Connolly went down in the third with a lower back injury and did not return. Vince Carter left the game as well with a hip injury, so the Hornets taking advantage of the shorthand and beating Memphis 104-85. to The Hornets moved to 10-7 and on the year, and with Atlanta's late-night loss to the Golden State Warriors in Golden State, they moved to fifth in the Eastern Conference and first in the Southeastern Division. David, a lot of fun stuff to get into with this one. First, what's your biggest takeaway? 
That second quarter, Doug, was suffocating on defense from the Charlotte Hornets, allowing only 14 points by the Memphis Grizzlies. And that was the biggest change that I think we needed to see from this team when you look back at the previous game in uh, in Charlotte. Excuse me. There was no defense, hardly at all. I mean, the, the Grizzlies, I think, matched their, their – their, let's see if I can get this right. In, in the first half of last night's game, they had the same amount of points they had in the first quarter of the previous game. Ooh, so, nice stat. So I think uh, – yeah, don't look that up. Um, I think that <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, and that and that's something Clifford harped on uh, towards the end of you know the four game losing streak right before they got that win against the Knicks. The, the defense had to had to return, and I think it did last night. They also got off to a hot start, right? And you mentioned that yesterday that was going to be important. Uh, none of this, none of this lollygagging uh, around the bases, lollygagging uh, to to start the game. So that was big. But that second quarter, I mean. Uh, they outscored them what thirty-one to fourteen. So the offense was there too. It was just a great outing to to end the half. And you mentioned Conley going out in the third, but that work was done. I mean, that that lead was built in that second quarter, and Memphis certainly without Conley couldn't come back. Yeah, Clifford uh, liked the fact that they didn't lollygag as well after the game, saying I like the readiness, the ball movement, the balanced play. It was all there for the Hornets. And uh, on Lamb, he said he's got good energy level going to the glass. Good job oh. rebounding. Good job scoring for Jeremy Lamb. And, and I, th- I think that's what you take away from the game is that the, this team was ready for the rematch. Now, I don't know you know, how much stock they put into getting beat in front of their home crowd, but look, not only the Grizzlies, but then you take into consideration that they took two embarrassing losses on national TV. Not embarrassing, but really tough. That's the wrong word. It was just, They were tough losses on, on national television, and, and, I, and I think that all sort of fired them up on, on the back end, or on the front end, I should say, of this uh, back-to-back. And just just to clarify myself, 32 points in that first quarter for Memphis of the first go round, 39 points last night in the first half. So you know, what's what's a what's a couple points when you're quitting? Among stats, friends, right? among friends, couple points, <laughs> nothing. Hey, have you heard the good news, David? The NBA season is back, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being at the game for the biggest plays of the year, and with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the seats you want for a great value. SeatGeek has the best deals on every single ticket in the house, wherever you want to sit, whether that's courtside, the club seats, or even the upper level. It's easier than ever with this free SeatGeek app. It's the only ticket app that I have on my phone, and it's the only one because it tells me where the great deals are. Every single ticket on SeatGeek is is given a grade based on value. So you're going to immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. And here's the absolute best part. Our hardcore Hornets fans get a $20 rebate off their first purchase. So if you want to get your $20 rebate on tickets, maybe you want to buy tickets to tonight's game here in Charlotte against Detroit, here's what you do. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter promo code LOHORNETS. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOHORNETS today. Okay, let's get back to this game against the Grizzlies. Again, the Hornets win 104 to 85. Let's let's talk, let's continue to talk about Lamb. 21 points, nine rebounds, 
had an amazing game, David, was, was you know, shooting threes well, but also getting to the rim and getting fouled. That was, that yes. was key in that second quarter because the, their defense, the Hornets' defense was playing well. The Hornets' offense, though, not playing very well, sort of getting stifled by Memphis, Memphis turning up their, their man-to-man D. And, and I thought that Lamb and Sessions both sort of struggled but dug the Hornets out of that, <laughs> out of that malaise. I mean, Lamb, 7 of 11 uh, from the field last night, and the basket just looked like a big old – what's something bigger than a basket, Doug? Uh, the, the ocean. The ocean. Thank you. I mean, the ocean. A, sea, a lot of a things bigger board. than a basket, David. It's true, but I was looking for a really good one. Um, <laughs> I think that, yeah, I mean, he's playing with tremendous confidence and tremendous bounce. I mean, I know we talked about fresh legs in his first game back, but, I mean, he is just – he is just pogo sticking out there when the other guys look like they're standing flat footed almost. I mean, he's got tremendous bounce right now, obviously feeling no, you know, effects from his earlier injury and playing with confidence, Doug. I mean, that's something we haven't seen. I don't think from Jamie Lamb in his time in Charlotte. And I don't know if people have seen it since he's been in the NBA, certainly didn't get a lot of chances to show that in Oklahoma city. And he looks really confident right now, shooting the basketball, and also on defense, and I know the scoring is the eye-popping thing, but we know he wouldn't be out there playing if he was if he was a minus on defense, right? And he's he's getting well, he's hitting the boards. Well, I'm not saying he's Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Well, Cole I'm not Cole, uh, the, Cole asked us on Twitter here. Safe to say that Lamb has been much better on D thus far this season. Uh, no. I don't think it's safe to say that. I'd go look, and I tell you, David, as well, go look at Vince Carter's first made bucket on the NBA's new fancy box score video page. By the way, the NBA stats page, if you haven't checked it out, please do. Go to the video box scores, check out what they've done. It's a major redesign. I could I could spend the, the whole the rest of this half hour talking about it, but I won't. But go check that out. 122 remaining in the first quarter. Lamb hasn't been in long, and he gets tripped up. On some pretty simple ball reversal, while the ball's being reversed, Lamb spends a few seconds determining that, yes, in fact, he has lost his man, Vince Carter, who's leaked out to the three-point line, then takes an inexplicable half-step in, inside before finally trying to close out on Vince Carter, who knocks down an easy three. But there were a couple of other plays like that. But here's the thing, David. Jeremy Lamb right now is doing things that kind of maybe perhaps make it okay for him to lose his man every once in a while on defense. And, you know, it seems like, for the most part, Steve Clifford gets more upset about pick-and-roll coverages more than anything when it comes to defense. Uh, but it's, the, you know, it's these simple just kind of losing your man kind of things that Jeremy Lamb really struggles with. And he struggled with it last night. But when you're putting up 21-9, and nine, those things become excusable. So, yeah, I mean, I still he still looks more locked into me on defense, man, at least maybe on the ball. Um, he's not the only guy losing his ball, losing his man off the ball on defense. That's for sure. But sure. I mean, the offense and the, what he's bringing to the table helps. I, I think, I think that helps him stay more and plugged into the game too. I mean, personally on defense, I think he's more active, but you know, um, is he going to have his lapses? Uh, obviously, yes. You have gone and looked those up just to refute my point. So <laughs> those are still happening. <laughs> well, we're not afraid to disagree with each other. That's right. That's uh, right. But, but well, here's the thing, David. So I, I'm I'm fine. Like I said, I'm fine with those. I'm not really I'm not really criticizing what he, what happened on defense for him. What I'm saying is, 
When you're putting up 21 and 9, those things are okay. When you go 3, 4, 15 and put up six points and, and you don't have nine rebounds and you didn't get a steal and a block, then all of a sudden those things tend to come back to the surface. So all, all I'm saying is he has to continue to contribute in other ways because I just don't know. I just don't know if his defensive awareness is ever going to get really to a level where you can go, you can be okay with, you know, that's the thing with MKG. You can always be okay with his nominal offensive output because you know he's going to contribute in ways that you both see and don't see on the box score. I'm not sure that Jeremy Lamb can contribute in ways that you don't see on the box score. He he has to put the numbers up. Yeah, I mean, 17 rebounds, case in point, right? But I think that I think he's playing better with overall more confidence across the board. Yes, he's scoring better, and he's being more of a factor on the boards too. I just see more energy from him, and I think I think you can get better at that. I mean, I think that's not something that's natural to most guys. MKG is is an outlier when it comes to that. I mean, he's always locked in. His motor's always running. He's going to be the guy that just doesn't give up on any ball. I mean, that's not inherent in, in a lot of guys, and I think especially for somebody with a scorer's mentality who – makes things look easy at times on, on offense. You can seem to go to sleep a little bit on defense, especially when you haven't had uh, the NBA experiences that some guys have had like Lamb. So, I mean, and who's been under a, not a, who hasn't been asked, you know, to play defense or to do much of anything before he got to Charlotte. So something, certainly something he can still work on, um, but he's being trusted to be out there more, certainly because of the offense, but I think they're I think they're willing to work with him on defense. And Jeremy Lamb loves the end of November. If you uh, hit the rewind button and go back to November of last year, the end of November, uh, he had three big games to to end that month. Eighteen and seven against Washington on November twenty fifth. He had eleven points, eight rebounds against Cleveland in a in a close loss. Five of twelve from the field, and then fourteen points, nine rebounds, two assists. Uh, 5 of 10 from the field and a win against Milwaukee uh, last November 29th. So the end of November, very kind to to Jeremy Lamb. We'll see if he can continue that into the month of December. Okay, let's talk about Kimba Walker. We, we know the scoring. Uh, we know what he's doing handling the basketball. We know he's going to get fouled and make free throws. But boy, he was out there doing some other things as well, drawing two straight charges that really helped the Hornets uh, hold their lead in the second half. He was hitting mid-range jump shots. He was like old-school pickup baller's dream out there, David. You had to love that. Anytime you, you step in and you take legit charges. Now, he's not flopping on these, Doug. I mean, you, you keep me honest here, but he's taking contact, and he's almost always going to be the smaller guy. No, these aren't. Yeah, you're scenarios. right. These are not Marcus Smart type of charges. Right, these right. are these are legitimate like he yeah he's he's uh, probably has a bruise or two on his chest oh yeah on these are on i mean at least one of them or both of them are on fast breaks right so he's putting his body right in harm's way saying you're gonna have to run me over which they did uh to score this basket and you got two straight charges i mean you just don't see that that often and you certainly don't see it from your six foot being generous point guard uh who's you know the leader of the team and the most important guy out there so when he's doing that, I mean, when when Kimba's out there doing that, right, that's that's going to be something that fires up the rest of those guys to maybe give a little more effort on defense, I think. All right, real quick, some lightning round takes. First of all, uh, the Hornets improved their three-point shooting somewhat, 23 of 31 
in that respect, 74%. Anytime they can get up near 75%, that, that, that's yeah. going to improve their three-point shooting so far this season, which has struggled. Also, Mike Conley's Is injury. Free throw or three-point? Free throw. Free throw, yeah, yeah, okay. For the lips and the teeth, free throw. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Mike Connolly's injury uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies can't understate, David, how big of a factor that was in in allowing the Hornets to sustain that lead because the Hornets started this third quarter very poorly. The Memphis Grizzlies were making a run, and, and that injury really derailed things for the Memphis Grizzlies, who, you know, because it allowed Kemba Walker to really dig down and help double team on Marcus Gasol. Gasol could not get to the middle of the floor and and and, and perform offensively because and then he you know tried to kick the ball out to Wade Baldwin and Baldwin you know he's just young he's he just can't do anything with the ball right now so really helped the Hornets out and then finally uh, Cody Zeller playing a key role in limiting the Mike Conley Gasol connection early in this game but his face paid the Ah. price Gasol catching him with a little chin music his chin David it rippled in slow motion is is he gonna have to start being cognizant of that, like keeping this chin out of harm's way. I don't know way. how the I man mean, has never gotten a concussion. That yeah, I mean the Dwight of. Howard, the Dwight Howard one, he can't really do a lot about. I mean that was pretty much a blind side, but this one, uh, I don't think anything malicious on Gasol's part, just making an offensive move. But Cody's chin was was right out there in the way. No, listen, just and, it you every know, bit. Zeller, you know, he plays he plays close to the plate, like he gets mm-hmm. up in guys' shirts sometimes to prevent them from getting a clean look. And, you know, sometimes you're going to get hit by the pitch. But, yeah, tough, tough one uh, there for Cody Zeller. Any any uh, last lightning round takes from this game? Um, I thought Frank Kaminsky had some moments as well. Uh, Frank Floater is really starting to become mm-hmm. a thing. I mean, and, and on the cuts, which this team is very good at scoring off those cuts, Frank is becoming the beneficiary of a lot of those. And for a seven-foot guy to go in there and show the touch, even though he's still missing some of those threes last night, he's finding other ways to contribute. And, and those little cuts, I mean, he's going to be able to get that shot off at seven feet above most guys. So if he's got the touch to get, get that to go down – um, that's just another facet to his game, which is nice to see. And it's not something we saw last year. So he's continuing to add or improve in on areas that are going to help him stay on the floor, I think. Yeah, here's what you like. 0 of 4 from the three-point line, but he was 5 of 12 from the field and mm-hmm. and also added two free throws for 12.6 rebounds, three assists. If he had gone 0, 0 of 4 from beyond the arc last season, he's probably one of seven from the field. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like he's not yeah. going to be able – to find other ways to score, so he definitely has improved. And, uh-huh. and um, one other thing, I think uh, MKG uh, got off to a quick start Ooh. offensively and, and saw guys the matchups. Back, exactly, backing guys down, and he's going to have to be able to do that. It's something we saw against. Oh man, I'm not. I'm not remembering exactly who it was earlier in the season. But when they throw guys on him that are smaller, and then he can get down in there, he's he's abusing them, and that's something he's got to do. Uh, to keep those guys honest, I think. But it's, I mean, heck, he's scoring. Hitting, hitting a couple of jumpers. I mean, yeah, now listen, he, well, a, a, a late shot clock jumper <laughs> we're good with. You know, the, the early shot clock jumper, maybe we want to Well, I was going to say, you know, throughout the past couple of games, he's gotten away from some of the really bad shots that we pointed out. You know, coming across the lane, taking a fall away, you know, sort of leaner jumper that is just, you know, I'm not sure he could make that standing still and he's making it tougher on himself. He's gotten away from that, doing more of this back down, getting into a rhythm in transition, and then you get your confidence, you see the ball go 
through the hoop. And then, yes, you know, you can knock down a jumper. So, you know, his early offense is changing and it's changing for the better. Six of 10 from the field, 14 points, seven rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block for Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Again, major impacts from MKG early in this season. You can see the difference uh, early for this team with Michael Kidd Gilchrist on the court. Okay, the Hornets had to shuffle back home immediately after this win because they are taking on the Detroit Pistons tonight in Spectrum Center. That tip is at 7 o'clock p.m. The Detroit Pistons were the darlings of the offseason predictions. For a closer look at what's going on in Detroit and this matchup, let's hear from Dan Feldman, writer for NBC Sports and host of the Locked On Pistons podcast. The Hornets are catching the Pistons in the right place, on the road. Detroit is 7-2 at home and 1-8 away. It's a real big, drastic split. I'm not sure if there's a reason for it. It might just be self-perpetuating. It might be something else. Whatever it is, the the difference of the Pistons at home on the road has been immense. They're much better shooting at home, and they're much better defending at home. They defend with a lot more energy, and their outside shots fall. We'll see whether that's just a blip, a small sample, or whether there's something to it, but that certainly plays into Charlotte's favor. So does the fact that Reggie Jackson is still out. The Pistons point guard has missed the full season so far. He's expected back sometime soon, but it really seems unlikely he'll be back this quick or even with a few games, a couple games of this. So there is a little buffer there. And so the Pistons are disadvantaged there in this Ish Smith, Kemba Walker matchup. One thing the Pistons like to do to slow opposing point guards is shift Contavious Caldwell Pope onto them uh, to guard them. The problem is that the Hornets present a tough matchup with Nicholas Batum at shooting guard. He's probably too big for Ish Smith to to switch onto him. And so if the Pistons try that, I think Batum would have a lot of success taking Ish Smith into the post, either posting him up or or passing out of it. So I think the, the Hornets will get a lot of possessions with Ish Smith guarding Kemba Walker. That obviously plays into Charlotte's favor. The Pistons will have to make their open three-pointers. I think their offense will still produce uh, enough where if they're hitting in a way they haven't hit from the outside this season, that'll work. And if not, it's going to be tough. The Hornets are a very good defensive rebounding team. The Pistons have higher potential to offensive rebound than they have. And this will be the time to step up because that might be what it takes to make the difference and get Detroit a win. The Pistons definitely need to figure something out. The quality of teams, I think the Hornets have been better. The matchup, I think, favors the Hornets too. Uh, So the, the onus is on the Pistons to find something that works. Thanks again to Dan Feldman of the Locked On Pistons podcast tonight on Locked On Hornets Live. ESPN Charlotte's Justin Thomas will have a live report from Spectrum Center. Don't miss a second of that. We're getting things started at 6 o'clock p.m. on YouTube.com slash Locked On Hornets. So Dan there talking about the offensive struggles on the road, David. The Pistons average 93 93 points on the road compared to 102 at home. So th- this could be good. Yeah. This could be good for the Hornets. Could be good. Also good that I think Clifford was able to rest some of those guys, especially, I mean, certainly late, late in the fourth quarter, but uh, with that big lead, right. I think he was able to give guys a little extra time to recoup in that fourth quarter. Yeah, we got, I actually got a listener question from Allen regarding that very question. He says it was nice to be able to rest some guys in the fourth against Memphis, but Kimba still played right at his average minutes the Pistons score a lot of points. Are you guys worried about our legs for tomorrow's game 
especially if it is close down the wire. From a legs perspective, I'm not worried, David. I mean, the Hornets played well last season off back-to-backs. It's normally less an actual fatigue thing than a mental focus kind of thing with this team this season. They did uh, get a win that didn't require the full physical and mental toll that a closer game does. But then just to Allen's uh, point about the offense, yes, the Pistons do can score a lot of points at home. They have. They're 7-2 and two at home. But again, we just said on the road, 93 points per game. They've, they've been able to put up those big point numbers when Reggie Jackson was on the floor, but without him, as Dan mentioned, they've been kind of stuck in the mud, and they're looking for answers in unlikely places. They're now trying to get Contavious Caldwell-Pope more involved in the offense. He's shooting a career-high three-point percentage and had 16 points, 10 assists in that huge win that they got over the Los Angeles Clippers. But he's generally not known for his offensive consistency, certainly was not drafted to do that kind of thing. If they could get a lockdown on Contavious Caldwell-Pope, since they don't have to focus so much on Reggie Jackson, that could be a big factor in this game. And they're also kind of shelving Stanley Johnson, a guy, if you remember, David, they picked up right before the Hornets two drafts ago, right before Frank Kaminsky, just saying, and the reason they're shelving <laughs> him is because they need to get the offense going. So they, they got to get this thing out of, the, out of the mud, and they're going to try to look to do that against the Hornets. The Hornets have to be ready defensively. Yeah, and one thing to keep in mind on this back-to-back legs issue, this is Jeremy Lamb's first back-to-back uh, since he's been back, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't play in the first Knicks game. His his debut from the injury was the Saturday night Knicks game. So, like we said, he's been looking really bouncy, um, but the back-to-backs are always an adjustment. But to answer Alan's question, I mean, I think, like, you know, Kimba, unless he's in foul trouble like he was in that first Knicks game, he's going to play. He's going to play, like, 30 minutes a night. I, I just don't know how they can get away with that unless they're up 40 or something in, in the fourth quarter. So, you, you just got to deal with that. The other starters, though, three of them, Cody – Nick and um, uh, MKG only around 20 minutes uh, of play last night. So, I mean, they were getting rest where they could for some of those guys. Anytime you play a back-to-back and your team and your opponent's been in town waiting for you, I mean, I think legs is a natural thing, but it's something that this team is going to have to get used to. And hopefully, like that four-game losing streak, right, hopefully that fired something up in them and tell them that they need to come out with another fast start the Pistons have not played well on the road and uh, get out to a, a nice start and a nice lead and, and hold them off that way, I think. Yeah, a key is going to be keeping them off the boards. They rank 13th uh, overall, but uh, they don't rebound the ball well on the road or in losses. So definitely keeping Andre Drummond you know, off those offensive boards is key. Uh, and they, they don't move the ball very much. They are ranked 23rd in assists per game. So, you know, if if the Hornets can get out there and, and really play just good one-on-one defense against some of these uh, against the few shooters that Detroit offers, then then it could be a good night for Hornets fans. So, we'll have a live report tonight Locked On Hornets live on youtube.com/lockedonhornets starting at 6 o'clock p.m. Adi Joseph from Sporting News will also be joining us live. So look forward to that. We're going to uh, quiz him about the Hornets and the NBA overall. So I know we'll learn a lot. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. That's all the time we have for this edition of Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five-star review. Hey, maybe we'll read it on the air like we did uh, like we did Nick's. And, you know, especially if it's complimentary to us. We <laughs> well, definitely. If it's, I, I feel like the two that we're going to read are the funny ones that are really complimentary, but also uh, the funny ones that are not. Well, we might read those too. So, 
Uh, help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Uh, review us on iTunes. Shoot us your Hornets questions and your thoughts, especially tonight live. Chat with us on YouTube or send it via email, buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Beat the Pistons. So what if I like to stay up late and watch TV? Don't blame it on caffeine and then go to Coke and Pepsi. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.